a few years ago, I was on a committee and we were hiring an assistant pastor. We got about 50 resumes and out of that 50, I recognized one of the names from somebody that I had been in seminary with. So I had said to the committee, we should talk to this person because he did finish his degree, which is a big accomplishment. And I was familiar with him and he was just a great guy. When we called the number, it was a local number, a family member that told us they were taking calls because this particular person was a missionary in South America and wouldn't be back for many, many months. So we started to look at other candidates, but two days later we got a call from that family and they said, you won't believe it. This person is going to be home next week for two days. They had to come back for a personal issue and they wanted to meet. So we met that night, had a great interview, and somebody asked this person some personal questions about what they liked to do and what they had for hobbies and also what kind of music they liked. And then they said, what is your favorite song? And this gentleman said, my favorite song is Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Well, we had about an hour meeting, started to close the meeting in prayer. Where we were, there were church bells that played on the top of the hour and right as we began to pray, those church bells began to play, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We were certain all these doors were being opened for a reason. The next morning, we offered this person the job. They wanted to spend the day talking to their wife about it and talking to some friends. And they called us back the next day, and they turned down the job and said they took a position at another place. Rob Bell shares a story about a couple that had been through a divorce. Each of them had been through just violent relationships prior to this, and they had also had suffered adultery. And now they had found each other, and they were wanting to start over and get married and begin again, a new commitment in their faith to each other as well. He shared that only about 10 people were invited to the wedding. They held it at a park. Ceremony, he said, lasted seven minutes. And then he handed the couple some balloons filled with helium and said, this represents that you are going to release the balloons, symbolically releasing your past, your prior divorce, the prior abuse, the prior adultery, all the prior pain. And your first act as a new couple, release these balloons to signify a new start. The couple walked a few yards from the group, shared some words together, released the balloons to everybody's joy in tears. And as he goes on to share, three years later, that couple went through a very nasty divorce. Sometimes things don't go the way that we plan, even though maybe it looks like they're going to go a certain way and all the doors are opening up but the reality is that life at times and life in faith is oftentimes very very messy and what we think was going to happen doesn't necessarily happen and then we wrestle with the reality faith life it's risky that's why we've talked before about jim mooney who says there are four ways that God will shape our lives. One, personal experience, family, relationships. 
Then vocation and education, what kind of jobs and schooling we experience. Third, our spiritual experiences, our own time in worship, our private time and spiritual growth. But the last one is the one where we probably learn the most, but where people struggle the greatest. The fourth way that God shapes our lives is painful experiences. It's important to remember what Deuteronomy 33 says, As thy days, so shall thy strength be. And as Gene Edwards talked about this, he shared, you know, if you wake up in the morning, you have strength for the day. So if you feel really strong in your faith, then know you'll probably face bigger mountains. And on the flip side, if you feel just your faith is not very strong that day, then celebrate. It means you're probably going to have an easy day, but as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Even in the midst of the challenges that often come up, the painful experiences. So let's look at a gentleman. Many people know the name and how he overcame a literal painful experience, as you'll see here. This gentleman's in First Chronicles chapter 4, just two verses, 9 and 10, a familiar person where we're told, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother called him Jabez, note, she said, because I bore him in pain. Jabez, again, known from some popular books the last few years. Many don't know, though, that the name was given to him. His birth caused his family pain, caused his mother pain. So imagine having that name, knowing that you were given that identity. And when people ask, why were you given that name? And I caused my mother pain. And imagine the, the challenge of growing up with that. That's why it's important for each of us to remember that the word called is used over 600 times in Scripture. No matter what our circumstance may be, many here may identify with that pain in some sense. But beyond that pain, there's an experience where we can learn from that and know ultimately each of us 600 times it's mentioned in Scripture that we are called, called out of darkness into light, and therefore we're meant to walk worthy of that calling. The devil often interrupts that calling by causing division and confusion, and that's why we'll look at how Jabez turned his life around, even though he was given the literal name of pain. This picture here is known as the Yates Pool in Texas. It's where an oil field was found but the reality of how that happened has tremendous spiritual lessons for us. Back in the Depression era, this field was owned by a man named Ira Yates. At the time, he was out of money. He tried to farm and he had sheep and he had all these acres, but he was losing money. He was getting assistance from the government, but could barely put food on the table or buy clothing for his family. This went on for years, and he was about to lose his ranch. At that time, an oil company showed up in the town, began to go to different fields, and looked to see if there was a promising place where there would be oil. One of the fields they chose was his. He signed a contract, and they began to dig. At 1,134 feet, they struck oil. The oil was so much in this pool, they drew 30,000 barrels a day. They said, let's dig elsewhere on your property. 
They did that over the next few months. They struck more oil until they were then able to have 125,000 barrels of oil a day. But the spiritual lesson is there for each of us. Ari Yates was certain that his life was going to be coming to an end as he knew it. He thought he was going to lose everything. He believed that he was living in poverty and things could never change. And the whole time, he was sitting on top of a fortune. For you and I, no matter the painful experiences, the reality is our life in Christ We are sitting on top of tremendous blessings to overcome all things, to begin anew. Even if you come to a place in life to say, you know, I thought things were going to go a certain way, but they've gone a completely different direction. Jabez is going to be a tremendous example of somebody who moved out of a mindset of poverty. His mother named him Payton to embrace his calling, and we're going to see how he did that, how we can do that using these same steps. Back to his story, we're told that Jabez called on God, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Four brief things that he's going to pray. First one is, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Many people have a hesitation about about praying such a thing, but Scripture tells us to ask and receive over and abundant above and beyond what we might think or imagine and to just begin to pray on a daily, regular basis, Lord, bless me indeed. Now we're going to see there's a reason for that blessing. And Joyce Meyer put it very well when she said, God blesses us so we can be a blessing, not in a few places, but everywhere we go. She goes on to say, look for people who are needy, bless them. I love this line. And remember, everyone needs a blessing, even the successful people who appear to have everything. It's okay, and it's even part of our gift that we've received in the grace in Christ to pray, God bless me. God bless my marriage, bless my career, bless my finances, bless my growth, bless my goals. Bless me that I might be joyful. And we're going to see the opposite of what that blessing looks like here in just a few moments. Chris Connor is a gentleman who shared that his father grew up in the Depression. He fought in World War II, and then he began working these hard physical labor jobs to get by and eventually was able to put Chris through college. However, Chris would go on to say, my mother and father never let me forget that. There was a lot of guilt, and so he said, I became this businessman, very cutthroat, because I needed to get their approval. And he said, I ended up breaking the relationship with my wife and my son. And he said, the end point came, had all this money, my son graduated college, and I bought him a Corvette. And my son said, Dad, I didn't want a Corvette, I wanted a Ferrari. Chris sank into depression, knowing his family had been so broken. He went to see a counselor, and this wise counselor said, let me call somebody that I know. And he picked up the phone and called the children's hospital and sent Chris over to meet a friend there. This friend worked at the children's hospital on the cancer ward. And all day, Chris 
would follow this doctor from patient to patient. A few days later, he went back to see the counselor. The counselor said, what did you see? And he said, I saw people with real problems. He said, what did you learn? He said, I learned I have much more than I am grateful for. And he said, what did you then hear? And he said, I saw those kids and I heard don't ruin the chance I've got. Chris realized his kid did not need a shiny new car. He needed a father to step up and be a part of his life. His wife needed the same thing as well. And once he became that person, things healed. It's right for us to pray, God, bless this area of my life, this area of my life, so I can be a blessing to others. Next thing that Jabez says, enlarge my territory. He's not talking about acreage. What he's talking about is influence. It's right to pray, God bless me, and God enlarge my territory. Open up doors that I might be able to impact other people, have influence in their lives. Steve Jobs said it wonderfully, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Otherwise, why else even be here? put a dent in the universe to say, you know what, I'm called in Christ. I can learn from the painful experiences and he takes me above those experiences so that I can walk out my calling in him and influence more people. It's about having a different standard, doing it when it's easy and doing it when it's hard, when it's convenient, inconvenient. This is Jack LaLanne, known for writing fitness books, but also writing a lot about the nutrition and the needs that we each have for much more fruits and vegetables. And when people would come to him and say, I want to lose weight, I want to get in shape, he would say, that's fine, you have to work out every day. And on the days that you don't follow through, you don't work out, he said, that's fine. But on those days you don't work out, on those days you don't eat. That was the standard that he had. And that's what he told people was the price of admission into his program. It's to have that kind of focus to say, let me have a different standard where God, I pray you bless me and enlarge my territory so I can walk out my calling and influence more people. Or as Rodney Buchanan writes, the surest sign you are a growing Christian is there, was, there is within you a growing desire to have your life used by God. Bless me, enlarge my territory. The third thing, Jabez prays, and that your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. What he is praying here is God do things in my life bigger than my life, things I could not accomplish on my own. Let me see your hand in my life. So for each of us, for you, for me to stop and say as we're moving into the year, what is it that's a Jabez prayer for you, for me, where we say, God, the only way this is going to happen is with your hand upon the situation because I can't do it alone. We need to have those types of prayers, those types of prayers like Amy Carmichael said, Holy Spirit, think through me until your ideas are my ideas. What type of prayer will we bring to this day and begin to pray regularly, Lord, I need to see your hand moving in this situation. Otherwise, this will never come to pass. 
And then the fourth thing he prays, the last thing, and keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. That our life is to be walked out in holiness, walked out in character, walked out in avoiding sin as we commit, again, to a different standard. As Charles Reed said years ago, so an act, you reap a habit, so a habit, you reap a character, so a character, and you reap a destiny. What type of character do we live with in our life? Four things that Jabez prayed again, bless me. He wanted God's best. Enlarge my territory, influence more people. Your hand be with me. A prayer so big, only God could accomplish it. And keep me from evil. Let me live apart from sin. Here's the thing though, James tells us what? The well-known verse, chapter 4, verse 3, James says, When you ask, you do not receive because. Why is it that some prayers are not answered? Jabez's prayer is answered. We'll see why in just a moment. But James says one of the big reasons, one of the main reasons prayers are not answered is what? When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. And then we may ask, well, what are wrong motives? James answered. Your motives are you may spend what you get on your pleasures. The only motive in that type of prayer is self. And that's the prayer that is not answered. Versus Jabez's prayer, bless me, enlarge my territory. Let me see your hand move in this situation. Keep me from evil. We're told his prayer was answered because he closes his prayer with this. A play on words that I may not cause pain. Two short verses about Jabez's life. When we're introduced to him, we're told he was given the name Jabez because he caused pain. And then he said, let me live my life in a different direction so that I don't cause pain. You see, we live in a world where many people think, if I'm hurt, I'm going to hurt others. And they wonder why their life unravels every step of the way. So let me end with this. Something Dan Baker shares, Tony Robbins shares, and it's the idea that your problems are not your problem. Again, we talked at the beginning, painful experiences often are our great teacher, but we think the problem is the problem. The reality is, it is not so. As Dan Baker writes, insecurity and fear is so strong for some, they try to make sense of the emotional pain by assuming something else is wrong with life. It's my wife. It's the traffic. It's other people. Note what he says. When a man can't find anything to blame, he will often make trouble. So his outer life will match his inner turmoil, then he can imagine he has someone to blame. Fascinating. What do many people do when they have pain? They look for a cause. It must be somebody else in my life. When they can't find a cause, rather than look inwardly and see it's the way that they see the world or their own failure to have a higher standard, they start causing conflict with somebody else. So they can then point at that person and say, aha, there's the reason I have this inner turmoil or this anger. That is the way of death. 
pain does not give us the right to hurt others. It's rather a signal that we need to grow. We need to see life differently. We need to allow the experiences to teach so that we can learn. And in that learning, come to the place again where we say, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I live is Him living through me. And in that place where we say, I know I'm called, then we can pray, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand, O God, would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain.